The Marlins are keeping it in the division in the early part of this week, uh, heading into Philadelphia. The road trip continues, uh, having seen the back of the Mets, and uh, thank God we've seen the back of the Mets, but heading into Philadelphia, carrying this road trip on, and uh, it's going to be a fun series. Sandy Alcantara getting it rolling here. I'm joined by Connor Thomas from Locked on Billy, so we have a crossover extravaganza going on here. Connor, how are we doing? I'm doing great, Pete, man. Thank you for having me. It's good to uh, jump into an NLE series. I know you've seen two of them already, but same opponent. It's crazy. We play you guys, and then we don't see another NL East opponent until we play Atlanta uh, much later on. So you guys have already gotten two out of the way. So I want to hear about the Mets and your start to the season. But it's yeah. good to finally see the division uh, and get a good look at the two teams hanging right there in the middle right now in the standings. Yeah, no doubt about it. Um, so there's there's tons to get into here. This is going to be an action-packed show. It, it feels like the games, there's just been action, activity. There's been new stories popping up all over the show, both for the Marlins and the Phillies, actually. It's been action-packed in the first nine, ten games of both teams, both clubs. A lot of fun on this one. So um, let's start with let's start with the Phils, and let's kind of dig into, you know, early impressions. It's fair to say it's been an up-and-down start, but I'm interested to hear your, your take on it. Uh, and uh, and sharing 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 your view on on what's been happening so far. Yeah, it's been a really weird start to the year for the Phillies, and last year was too. And everything with the Philadelphia Phillies is always interesting. There's never simple like, oh, they win a game five to two and just move on, and everyone played well, and it was just a comfortable. Everything's got to be weird with them. <laughs> uh, tough start to the year in Texas, getting swept in the first series of the year, and then a really tall task going to New York against the Yankees for the second series. That team's pretty darn good up there and playing well in the mm. Bronx. So. Those two series had a lot of people nervous about the Philadelphia Phillies only winning one game out of those first uh, six, but then they handled the Reds pretty well, and you get into a part of the schedule where it seems to be a little bit more uh, regular level of competition when you look at now the Marlins are a competitive team. They're not the Washington Nationals. They're not the Oakland Athletics, so this isn't going to be a walkthrough series, but you get to see the Colorado Rockies. Uh, you get to see the Reds again, so teams that should be a little bit easier to handle for the Phillies. The biggest thing for the Phillies right now is injuries. Mm. You lose Reese Hoskins right before the season to the ACL tear. You lose Derek Hall with a tear in his thumb, a ligament gone, so he'll be gone for over a month in that Yankee series where he was injured. Ranger Suarez hasn't pitched yet, so the Phillies are kind of trying to piecemeal together a lineup every day, day in and day out, mm. and that's just something they're going to have to overcome. So with that, all those things considered, where they're standing right now at three and six isn't the worst spot to be. And uh, this is a big series to see who takes that first. Not that you can take a jump in early April in the division, but Marlins sitting at four and six, the Phillies sitting at three and six, looking at a situation where this series will give a good look at the early division hierarchy. So I'm excited for that. Yeah, no doubt. That's that. That's the thing, right? Both teams, I think, have been a little bit up and down to get it. You know, get the season rolling. The Marlins, though, they hadn't been so affected injury wise, and mm. then, but more recently, we started to see a couple of you know Joey Wendell heading to the IL recently, Johnny Cueto heading to the IL, Avisel Garcia exits the game yesterday as well with a hamstring. He was on the IL last year with hamstring issues, so. Um, you know, the, the injuries start to bite. You know, we're only 10 games in, and the injuries and the depth is already being tested. Uh, I think one of the key big things as well for the Phils, uh, more generally as the year progresses, is the progress of Bryce Harper as well. It, right. fe it feels like, and I'm not overly close to it, nowhere near as close to it as you are, but it feels like he's a little bit ahead of schedule. I saw some BP recently. Uh, he's hitting bombs in BP, so good news there. What's the, the kind of latest update on Bryce? 
Yeah, he's very ahead of schedule. The initial talks when he first, when we knew it was a tear in his UCL and he would need Tommy John surgery, was people were talking about all-star break. Mm -hmm. And they didn't put him on the 60-day injured list to start the year, which means there's a chance that before May 29th, we see him play a Major League Baseball game. So uh, that that would be way ahead of schedule, and I think that's wishful thinking. But the fact that the timeline's accelerated that much is huge. Yeah, he's taking on-field BP now. Uh, the next step would be to be able to go through actual workouts and start rehabbing the elbow a little bit more strenuously. And then he'll have to do a full rehab stint in the minors and everything like that. So I'd say we're still well over a month away from seeing him play a Major League Baseball game. But it, he's going well, and that'll be something that the Phillies will get as a boost uh, probably about a month and a half, two months from now. So all good things on the Bryce Harper front. And the sooner he gets back with the other injuries, the better. You know how, from watching him in division for his entire career, hmm. how important he can be to a team. So yeah, that's no good doubt. news. No doubt. And the assumption is he's going to be DHing when he returns, yes. right? It's unlikely to play the outfield. Yeah, you know, it's funny. The main reason that I've heard talking to some people around the uh, the team recently is that he can't play right now is because he hasn't been cleared to like slide or do like impact things with his elbow. Hitting is okay, but uh-huh. there's ways that you could like uh, affect the elbow sliding apparently that could hurt it. So he's all he's hitting home runs already, which is a good sign. The, the issue is all the wear and tear of the other things that come with playing the game. So I'd be surprised if he plays anything but DH when he comes back. Yeah, no doubt. What about first base? Because clearly it seems like they've had a, a run of bad luck there. Obviously, the Reese Hoskins injury looked looked bad and is bad. Uh, mm-hmm. Then, obviously, yeah, as you mentioned, Derek Hall then, uh, I guess, was was due to pick up the slack. He then tears a ligament. So what's happening in first base? Are the Phillies kind of being able to piece it together? Yeah, they're trying to. So Alec Bohm is probably their best option at first base right now, who was your starting third baseman mm-hmm. uh, to start the year. So you're looking at a situation where uh, manager Rob Thompson did not want to move Alec Bohm to first base, said initially they may do it just when there is a lefty on the mound. Uh, so you can go ahead and have the right-handed bat of Bohm. And then they went ahead and started Bohm a couple times at first in the series with the Reds, and Edmundo Sosa played really well at third base. And Thompson came out and said, okay, going forward, we're going to try and do Alec Bohm at first as much as possible. So they're still trying to figure it out internally. But that seems to be the likely setup is going to be Edmundo Sosa steps in at third base, mm-hmm. and Alec Bohm shifts across the diamond to first, which isn't ideal but it's the best the Philadelphia Phillies have right now to try and mitigate two first basemen needing surgery in the first two weeks of the season. Crazy. I was wondering if the Phils might look to try and dip into the trade market, actually, was one of the thoughts I had, where, you know, the first base, it feels like there's a few opportunities maybe out there. You can go and acquire a guy to kind of, you know, plug in there for a month, two months, whatever it might be, um, and fill that void. I'd be interested to see, because one of the, the other interesting moves the Phils made was at center field. Well, I guess maybe backup center field, but with the Christian Pache move, yes. um, which it sounded like he wasn't well, he wasn't making the A's roster and was available. He's got a dreamy defensive profile that we've all heard about and you know, has had some problems hitting. So uh, it's fair to say I'd seen a little bit of some negative reaction to his early starts, I would say, with uh, with the Phillies, right? I'm going to try and say this respectfully. Mm-hmm, Christian Pache probably should not be on a major league roster right now. Uh, I think we saw proof of that when the Oakland Athletics decided not to carry him this year on their roster. Yep. And that's normally a pretty good indicator, knowing what that organization is, yeah. <laughs> of a guy's ability. Uh, okay, I'm not going to be as nice right here. He flat out has stunk so far for the Philadelphia Phillies. And he, he's playing because of a necessity. You moved Matt Veerling and Nick Maton, who are two depth pieces. Matt Veerling playing center field a lot for the Phillies last year in a trade for Gregory Soto with Detroit. 
so you lost outfield depth, and the Phillies kind of had to scramble to go ahead and find someone else who could spend time out there, and Pache was just the guy they decided was the option. So, no, he has not been good, and the mm. Phillies' depth pieces have not been great in general. And those are guys that are going to have to step up. If this team's going to continue to stay afloat until you get Bryce Harper back and you get Ranger Suarez back and Derek Hall and all these other guys you're missing. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And it'd be wrong of me not to ask about um, one of uh, the Marlins' ex-studs in JT mm-hmm. Riamuto. It looks like Riamuto is just still Riamuto and just doing Riamuto things. Uh, how has he started the year? Yeah, he's been as advertised as he has been since becoming a member of the Philadelphia Phillies. I mean, he'll go through a month where he doesn't play his best baseball or uh, swing his best bat at the plate. But year in and year out, he's going to be basically the best catcher in baseball, if not one of the top two or three. And he's off to another good start. Uh, Again, this year hit his first home run of the year, 446 feet, I think it was, in cold weather with the wind blowing in from left. Like It it was an absolute bomb. So he's been really, really good to start. And that top of the lineup, right, the Schwarber, uh, Romuto, Turner, Castellanos, Bohm, those are the guys that have to make up for the Christian Paches that are being forced to start. And uh, JT's been doing a good job of that early on in the season. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. And uh, it's fair to say, I mean, I keep asking it. Anytime I speak to any Phil- Phillies fans on this pod, uh, I will, will always revisit the, the trade, uh, who yes. won the trade. And I don't think we've ever wavered away from the Phils of won this trade, hands down. It just comes down to the fact that Sixto Sanchez hasn't been able to throw for two and a half years now. So uh, until mm-hmm. Sixto's back, and we, the reality is we're not sure he will ever be back, um, unfortunately, that one looks like a huge bust for the Marlins, but a big win for the for the Phils, I guess, on that one. Yeah, so. it's a shame. Sixto was supposedly the next Pedro Martinez was the yeah. comp that he always got in the Phillies farm system and had a lot of faith in him here, and you moved him due to necessity of needing a backstop in JT Romuto. And, mm. yeah, it's, it's unlucky. I can't blame the Marlins for making the trade. It's just a shame how it played out uh, with Sixto. But uh, also, we got to get into the Marlins a little bit here and what your early start to the year – I mean – You've got to be, considering what the schedule looked like. I know the Twins aren't really a winning organization right now, but the Mets are a really good team. Mm -hmm. And to come out of the opening stretch that you guys have had to get to this point, uh, I'm sure you're okay with where they're at record-wise, if not very happy with uh, what they're doing in the win-loss column. Yeah, I think so. I think if, if 500 would have been absolutely fantastic, I think. And so they're slightly below that. But actually, you have to recognize who you're playing. And you're playing a really good Mets team. Um, the you know it's the most expensive roster ever, and right. you know you just have to have that that understanding. What we've seen, in in my opinion, anyway, is we've seen some growing pains. They've made some moves. The, the Marlins clearly in, in in how they've you know shunted Jazz out into center, and you know Luis Arias getting him in and, and playing at second base, and you know shortstop they they took a chance with Wendell. So there's been a lot of moving pieces defensively, and. That's starting to settle in now, actually. I feel like they're starting to get into the groove. And I don't think the WBC um, falling in this spring really helped the fish, where they were asking so many guys to move position. Gene Segura as well, um, obviously moving out to third. And uh, the WBC dropping in the middle of spring, I think, you know, did hinder the Marlins a touch. Just the guys didn't get the reps in and the familiarity. What we're seeing now is they're starting to settle in defensively. Mm -hmm. And then, so that's, that's encouraging. What we're also seeing is, you know, what we expect from Sandy Alcantara in, and, and what we're seeing from Jesus Lozado last year is those guys have really stepped up. The top two, 
And it's actually quite interesting. And it's going to be interesting this series because the Phils have a very defined top two, in my opinion. Right. So do the Marlins right now. And though, when those two top, top two are going, we're looking to win some games. You know, you're looking to, to, to take the wins in those games. And so, you know, that's, that's what we've seen. Sandy and Jesus Lozado pitching really well. The bottom part of the rotation has been a little bit up and down thus far. And I think we just need to see a bit more consistency from the bottom part of the rotation. Offensively, it's a little bit slow, but again, you have to understand who you're facing as well. Like it's, you know, there's some tough guys out there. I must, I must say, Kode Senga for the Mets, really impressive. He's really, great. really impressive. Um, wasn't sure what to expect, but and I don't think the, the Marlins hitters knew what to expect, to be honest with you. And it's he's a really tricky, a really tricky guy, no doubt. And so, you know, two starts against him. They've had a, you know, one against Scherzer. Um, so you know, the offense is it, as we know, it isn't a strong part for the Marlins, but it feels different to last year. They just struggled. They had plenty of runners on, and they just struggled to get them get them across. Uh, but last year, the, the struggle was getting anyone on, and thus, well, no one across either. So it feels like we're ticking in the right direction. Luis Arias was as advertised with him, I must say. Really impressed with, with Luis Arias. He's just a straight-up hitter. Just amazing hand-eye, and you just looked like, you know, you can pretty much hit any pitch really so it's been really encouraging and jazz chisholm jr starting to come alive as well i mean for me a lot of this you know this this offense really hinges on jazz if he gets rolling if he's healthy the the dude's electric and he's really settling at center field and now he's setting settled into center field it feels like the bat is starting to kind of catch up as well which i think that's you know that's only natural it's going to be there's going to be some nervous times from out there and a lot of mental energy on trying to make sure he plays center field to you know, at least a, an average level, and you get concerned that may impact the stick. But overall, I think the offense has been as expected. The rotation is coming along. The bullpen looks interesting too. Um, you know, it's it, it it's an area the Marlins did address, and I think they have addressed it. And AJ Park, I think, looks nice in that in that ninth inning. So, yeah, overall four and six with two series against the Mets plus a series against the twins that, you know, want to win some games too. I think it looks pretty encouraging. So yeah, it's going to be a good series. Actually. I think both these clubs kind of come in thinking, you know, they're looking to win the series. I think. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. No doubt. All right. Well, let's, um, let's preview the series, but before we do that, guys, let's get into our, our ads of the day, at least two of them. There's two in this first segment. And uh, the first one, let's get the graphics spied up as well. Sexy graphics here on the Ultimate Pro go. Baseball GM. Let's uh, let's go. Even they got the QR code up as well. They got it all all happening here. Um, and you know, you've heard me speak about this one the last couple of uh, weeks, guys. And uh, it is one of the coolest games I've played in in a long time. Um, and as, as you know, if you follow me on Twitter and listen to this part, <laughs> you know I think I could be a GM. And it turns out uh, if this game is anything to go by. It's not that easy. Uh, if you've had the same thought and fantasized about managing your own franchise, go and download Pro Baseball GM immediately. The game allows you to manage every aspect of a franchise, uh, hiring the right coaches and staff, managing team finances, scouting and drafting, uh, managing the clubhouse and all those difficult personalities and injuries, uh, as well as uh, going through free agency and all the ups and downs of a season. Everything is in there, guys, in this challenging and realistic game world. Uh, Ultimate Baseball GM is completely free free playable offline uh play on the go as you want when you want to uh so locked on listeners you get a hundred percent free boost to your franchise when using the promo locked on in the game store so make sure to check it out to download the game visit pro baseball 
scan the code or look it up on the app stores. Uh, that's probaseballgm.com. Ultimate Baseball GM, start your dynasty today. And this is a it's a two-ad segment, would you believe? So a two-parter. Let's go. Let's go. And even I'm I'm gonna take them both. So, you know, that's the kind of host I am. I'm happy to do it. Uh, and this one, this one is a new one, guys. So the guys, you know, regular listeners, and I know you're all out there. This one is a new partner for Locked On. It's Rocket Money. Yes, sir. Um, so first off, who is it? Who are these guys? Uh, and what are they? Rocket Money, it's a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps you lower your bills all in one place. Sounds sensational. Make sure make sure it's not down, um, <laughs> canceling down that MLB.TV subscription, that's for sure. Um, over 80% of people have subscriptions they forget about. Chances are you're one of them. Um, like that Stars app, just to watch one show. There you go. Or, or that free gaming trial you never actually use. That sounds just like my wife. Uh, Rocket Money will quickly and easily find your subscri- subscriptions for you. And for any you don't want to pay for anymore, just hit cancel and Rocket Money will cancel it for you. It's that easy. Rocket Money also helps you manage all your finances in one place and automatically categorize your expenses so you can easily track your budget real time. Also get alerted if anything looks off. Over 3 million people have used Rocket Money saving the average person up to 720 bucks a year. Boy, oh boy, that's like... I could use that money, huh? There you go. I could, absolutely. <laughs> and for those in the UK that are listening, that's you know, nigh on 550 pounds sterling. Come on. Rocket <laughs> money sounds like a winner. Um, so stop throwing your money away. Cancel unwanted subscriptions and manage your expenses uh, the easy way by going to rocketmoney.com slash MLB. That's rocketmoney.com slash MLB. Rocketmoney.com slash locked on MLB just for the third time, in case you missed it. Make sure everyone's got it. <laughs> there you go. Absolutely. All right, then, Connor, let's get our minds into this series then. Uh it's uh it's it 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 lines up nicely, I think. We're gonna get a look at the strength of the rotations. But game one, Sandy Alcantara going for the Marlins. Uh, who have we got down for the for the Phillies in game one? Yeah, it's gotta be Matt Strom. So Matt Ooh. Strom will make yeah. his second start of the year. Matt Strom most recently starting uh for the San Diego Padres back in 2019, prior to this mm. season. So he came from the Red Sox as a reliever this offseason. Injuries kind of forced him into the starter role. And he didn't have a bad start, his first start of the year against the New York Yankees, but it's the New York Yankees. They they ended up taking that game anyway. It's just one of those situations where uh, you look at Matt Strom and you say he's a guy that if he's going to be on the mound, you're going to probably have to score three or four runs that night at minimum Mm. to win those games because he's just frankly, he wasn't brought here to be a starter. It's not what he does when you're facing Sandy Alcantara and your task is to score three or four runs a game at minimum, Mm. that makes your job pretty difficult. So I don't have a great feeling about tonight's game when I look at that pitching matchup. I do like the series for the Phillies because you get Aaron Nola and Zach Wheeler throwing the next two games. But tonight would be a tough one for them to come out with considering who's on the mound for both sides. Yeah, no doubt. The one thing that's in the back of my mind, thinking about Sandy and the Phillies, I feel like in 2022, last season, Mm-hmm. There was at least two games where, it, you know, it, it was vintage Sandy from, yep. a, a, you know, five, six innings. And then all of a sudden the Phils actually found a way to to break through against Sandy 
Uh, it, it was at least one, maybe two games. I, I should have looked back at the stats. No, but... it was multiple. I remember them. Yeah, there were two where yeah. Alcantara, I think, gave up two or less runs and ended up taking the loss in those games. Maybe he wasn't given the loss. It might have been bullpen, but he had a great start, and the Phillies found a way to beat him. Yeah. That actually makes me feel bad about tonight because I think how many more times can you get away with that? That's such mm. a rarity. You've used it already. So well, <laughs> Exactly. We used them up last year, so we'll see if the magic holds. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, it's going to be, you know, it, the one against five is always a bit of a tricky situation, and particularly when the one is Sandy and, and the five is, you know, and actually was Strom brought in to, you know, to, to start for the fills or was he likely to be a bullpen piece? No, to be a reliever. He was brought yeah. in as another lefty arm in the bullpen that could have been like a long relief guy, uh, someone you could go to for two, three, four innings if you need to in crazy circumstances. Yeah. But he was the only other pitcher on this roster with starting experience when Ranger Suarez and Andrew Painter got their injuries. So he seemed the natural guy to step in and get everything squared away there. So that's why he's been forced into this role now. Yeah, yeah, makes sense. Game two, I think, looks... For me, the the matchup, I would say, Aranola mm-hmm. against uh, Jesus Lozado. That to me, that would be awesome. That looks wild. Jesus Lozado has had a. He, he's just carried on from twenty two. It's been a lot of strike out there with, with Lozado. He's looked great um, thus far. And uh, has, has Aranola been Aranola thus far? I'll read you these numbers, and you can tell me. He's okay. 0-1 with a 7-4-5 ERA right now. Oh, that's not that's not the NOLA I was expected. <laughs> no, it's not. He had a rough opening day start against the Texas Rangers where he had a really, really bad fourth inning. The Rangers ended up putting up nine on the Phillies in that inning, so that really mm. inflated the ERA. And actually, in the start against the Yankees, he was pretty darn good. He looked better that uh, Aaron Nola did to go ahead and get that squared away. So uh, I don't know. We'll go ahead and see what he is this time out, but he's also got a situation where he didn't come to a contract extension with the Phillies this offseason, like mm-hmm. some people expected him to. So he's facing the prospect of free agency after this year, and that could be weighing on him a little bit as we get into the season. So he hasn't been vintage Nola, but he's shown flashes, and he's always been a guy that has the – he'll have four really good starts and one where he looks like he shouldn't be pitching at the major league level. It's just kind of Aaron Nola. But when he's on, he's on, and hopefully he has one of those nights tomorrow night. Yeah, for sure. Do you gut feel on Nola? D- does he stay with the Phils? They find a way to extend him? I'd be really surprised if he was back with the Phillies. They made a concerted right. effort to try and get a deal done this offseason. Dave Dombrowski came out right ahead of the season said, basically, uh, paraphrasing here, that we couldn't come to a number to agree upon, wish mm-hmm. Aaron Nola, like we like Aaron Nola, but we couldn't find anything. He's already said he's not negotiating an extension throughout the season. Okay. So I, I'd be surprised if he's back with the Phillies after this season. Mm, interesting interesting i mean that one-two punch of nola wheeler last few years has been really effective and mm-hmm. speaking about uh zach wheeler he's going to be going in game three looks like it'll be against uh, edward cabrera for the marlins which i mean edward cabrera is he's setting records right now and probably not the ones we want him to with the number of walks it has been a lot of walks for edward cabrera there's no expectation that he goes down he's slated to start in game three and i expect that he will do um but what about zach wheeler how has he started the year Wheeler's been very similar to Nola. Uh, Tough opening uh, start for him in Texas. Better start the second time out. And he's a guy that is working through some stuff as far as shoulder issues that he had last year that got him shut down near the end of the year. He doesn't have them still. Like There's no injuries that have been reported with him. But short offseason for the Phillies after the World Series run and uh, not a lot of work for him in spring training because they're trying to keep 
the stress on his arm down. So I think it's going to take him a while to get fully stretched out to the Zach Wheeler we know. But he's he's looked good. His last start, he looked really good uh, that he had against Cincinnati, and we'll see how everything plays out as far as his next. But he's just like Nola, shown flashes, hasn't really gotten the results he's wanted to this point, and we'll see if this third start of the year is the one where he truly breaks back into the Cy Young candidate he is. I feel like Zach Wheeler... He he has a nice history against the Marlins from your perspective, mm-hmm. anyway. Less so from mine, but it's you know it's yeah. normally a real tough ass for the Marlins. And Zach Wheeler usually brings his A game against the Marlins. It's funny Nola did last year as well. Nola was very good against you guys last year. I think he had definitely had one shutout. Might have even flirted with his second one at points a complete game shutout. So mm-hmm. they've had success against you guys in the past. We'll see if they jump back. But again. Long year last year, a lot of innings on those guys' arms. Yeah. And we could be looking at a situation where it's a tough start to the year for both of them. Yeah. Is there one final one? And we'll we'll break for the uh the next ad and final ad and, and also look at some um you know players we're we're excited about heading into this series. But just the other I guess thing heading into this uh this season for the Phils and the word that I've heard most used is the hangover, right? It's the kind of right. World Series hangover. Do you sense that there's any of that at all? I mean, it's it's maybe too early to, to say, but um, is there anything that, that you've, you've seen that you would think that they, they have kind of started sluggishly off the back of that? Yeah, I don't feel it from this team at all in that manner. I don't think that's the reasoning for this. Uh, I just think it's one of those situations where they never play the Rangers well. Like they haven't mm-hmm. beaten the Rangers since 2014, I don't think. They don't play oh, wow. them that often. But, yeah, they've been bad against the Rangers. Uh, the Yankees are a really good team, and you're going on the road to Yankee Stadium, always a tough place. And then you get the series with the Reds, and you see more of what this team could be. I, I just think it's trying to figure out how to retool this team on the fly with injuries and how the pieces fit together. And Rob Thompson has a tough job to do with that. But I don't get the feeling of hangover from them. Uh, they are showing flashes. Individual players have been playing really well. Just as a team, they haven't put together a full vintage Philadelphia Phillies-type game yet, and that'll come with time. But still confident that this team will be as good as advertised. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, it's it's a talented team. We haven't even spoken about Trey Turner. We've gone nearly right. 26 minutes, and we haven't even mentioned Trey Turner. So maybe... Hold that thought. I think Trey Turner loves playing against the Marlins as well, so uh, he may come up in this final segment. But uh, it's time to let you go, guys know about our, our good friends over at So Rare. Do you remember these new ads last week? Uh, it's the new sponsor, So Rare, and uh, it's a revolutionary fantasy baseball game and marketplace transforming fans into owners with officially licensed digital cards featuring players from across all of the 30 Major League Baseball teams. Uh, unlike other fantasy baseball platforms, So Rare... Uh, managers truly own their fantasy experience, collecting, buying, selling, and competing with player cards against global opponents. Yes, even UK opponents, of course, to win epic rewards. Win or lose, you will still own the cards, and there's no cost to play. Plus, the more you win, the more you advance. Collecting increasingly powerful cards and accessing next-level competitions and rewards. Sounds absolutely amazing. Uh, broadly, it's, uh, it's, a, it's a game week happening, well, twice weekly with a, a three-, four-day cycle. Uh, at the end of the game weeks, uh, the managers who rank at the top or near the top of the leaderboards, they win a variety of rewards, which can include uh, so rare scarcity cards, game tickets, merchandise, signed jerseys, and VIP experiences like meeting MLB stars. Yes, sir. Avisel Garcia must be queued up for the Marlins, no doubt about oh, it. Of course. <laughs> and you get to meet Scott Kingery for the Philadelphia Phillies. There we go. Get those dingeries in there as well. <laughs> Prizes may vary depending on the competition, uh, for sure. So what have you got to do? you got to head to SoRare.com 
slash locked on. Uh, for those that are wondering on the spelling or asking that, it is so as in so, and then rare as in r a r e dot com. So s o r a r e dot com. So rare uh, to draft your team of free player cards, set your lineup, and start competing today to win epic rewards. Again, that's so rare dot com slash locked on to start playing today. Wonderful. Love see. Love that one. Love that one. Um, great. Right. Right, Connor. Let's let's look ahead. Let's kind of uh, get the get the cryptic, the mystic ball going on here, and looking ahead, some some key guys that you're looking out for that that maybe need to perform well if the Phillies are going to take this series. Yeah, the big two guys I'm looking at are the top two guys in the lineup. Kyle Schwarber's been really, really bad lately. We'll start with him. Uh, he has not really created the opportunities that Phillies fans thought he would with Trey Turner batting ahead of him. A lot of strikeouts to the point where the Cincinnati Reds intentionally walked Trey Turner to put runners on first and second for Kyle Schwarber. That's not something that you see often for a guy that was the NL home run champ yeah. last year. So, <laughs> And it ended up with a Kyle Schwarber strikeout, so good decision by the Reds. Mm. He's got to have a big series and break through because he has he is a slow starter to seasons historically he normally hits his stride around june and when the weather gets warmer but the phillies could really use some of his power to be on display in this series so i'm looking at him and trey turner has been really good average wise but no home runs yet we saw him hit all the home runs in the world baseball classic we saw him hit a bunch of spring training Mm -hmm. so i know the fan base is restless thinking when is trey turner going to hit the ball out of the yard Small ballpark at Citizens Bank Park. He gets three more opportunities against the Marlins in three games. Let's see if he leaves the yard. I think we get the first Trey Turner home run in a Phillies uniform in this series. Oh, man. I I, I knew it. <laughs> yeah, he, he's due. He, he saved them all for you guys. He's due. He absolutely is. Um, I love that. And you're right with, with Schwarber. Like you said, he... <sighs> Yeah, I mean, he's an absolute monster, um, home run monster. And so, um, yeah, he does, he does yeah, tend to start slow. So, yeah, again, interested to see. From a Marlins perspective, I would say that there's there's a couple of interesting wrinkles here where we've had, we started the year with Jazz Chisholm um, in, in the cleanup spot. Mm. Uh, then he took to Twitter, had a bit of a blow up on Twitter, and next thing is he's in the leadoff spot. <laughs> um, and so that was where where my head was at I, like jazz i think the profile of him is very much of a, a leadoff type of hitter you know he's got the power plus the speed you know and you know maybe similar to the way the the Braves are are operating with with Ronald Acuña Jr really where right. get him at the top of the order and so i'm intrigued to see if jazz stays at the top of the the lineup here for for the Marlins in this series and i think if if he does it's interesting to see what happens with the with the speed Yesterday, two stolen bases. So, you know, that's the part of his game we hadn't seen at all through the season. So the question is, does Jazz continue to lead off? Luis Arias then in the three-hole. He looks productive there. But Garrett Cooper all of a sudden is on a, a real hot streak. He's, I think, three, four home runs in. And he um, kills the Phillies. He always kills the Phillies. I, <laughs> I hate Garrett Cooper, that guy. <laughs> He's there with the biggest lip in ever. Like His lip is jutting out like crazy every time he steps up and just kills the Phillies. So hopefully uh, he has a down series for my sanity. Exactly. And he, he's been hot. He's been hot in, in, in New York. So uh, we'll wait to see. And it's contract year Cooper as well. So, uh, you know, there is something to prove there. Don't think the Marlins will be looking to extend him, but we'll see how things go. So for me, it's does Jazz continue to lead off and what does the stolen base production look like? Can he get on base enough? But we'll wait to see there. Garrett Cooper, can he continue his uh, hot streak? Equally, I would love to see Mean Gene Segura really start to kind of settle in a little bit here. It's It's been 
an unlucky start, I would say, for Gene, where he's hitting the ball pretty hard, but he's hitting the ball on the ground all of the time. It's it's just a lot of ground ball uh, efforts, and he's just been a little bit unlucky at times too. So uh, you know, maybe Mean Gene uh, back to uh, you know back back playing against the Phils on the road there feel comfortable perhaps, and you know maybe a point to prove there as well uh, on that one. So. Yeah, he gets his ring uh, tonight. He will be the first former Philly to get his National League Championship ring. So that'll be presented to him uh, ahead of tonight's ball game. So maybe that'll give him a little bit of extra confidence going into the series. Yeah, that's a nice touch. That's a nice touch for me and Gene. Um, Were you you disappointed that he he didn't end up staying with the Phils? I guess you ended up, you know... uh, Getting yeah, Trey Turner, Trey in there, Turner. So. yeah, <laughs> right. If you end up with Trey Turner, it's hard to be disappointed. I yeah. love Gene Segura. I think he's a great player, great locker room guy. Uh, he's a very valuable baseball player for an organization. But yeah. the Phillies felt they wanted to upgrade at that position, and they got the best shortstop in baseball. So it, there just wasn't a spot for him to get paid the way he deserved to, and mm-hmm. still play on this roster. So all yeah. good feelings for Gene. Best of luck. I'm rooting for him down for you guys, even in this series. I want to always see Gene Segura play well. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, it can't, it's hard to miss him when you see Trey Turner there at shortstop. Yeah, no doubt. It's um, it's funny because the, you know, the Marlins signed him, obviously, and then straight away was saying, actually, he's going to be playing third base, uh, mm-hmm. which caught me off guard at the time. Uh, I didn't believe it at the time, actually. But then the way things have played out was he has ended up at third base. And what I would say is uh, – he definitely can play there. And Strong the arm, arm. The arm plays yeah. amazingly at third. He definitely has the arm for certain. It's been it's it's crazy nice. he ever played short or second with how hard he throws the ball. And he fields yeah. that position well. I think that yeah. he'd be very good in over the course of a season in that spot for you guys. So I like yeah. that for him. Yeah, no doubt. It's actually been pretty encouraging there. Um, guys, we're we're well out of time. We're overtime, but you know, it's uh, it has to be done. There was a lot to get into and unpack from uh, over the weekends. Um, uh, Connor, for those that are listening to the pod, let people know as well where they can get you as well on 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 Twitter from the from the Marlins fan base that are listening in, uh, and then we'll we'll wrap up here. Of course, yeah. You can find the Locked On Phillies main account at L O underscore Phillies. You can find mine. You can see it down there if you're watching on YouTube at Connor Thomas nine seven five. Which, if you're in the Philadelphia area, maybe you're a Marlins fan that's transplanted up here. I don't know why you'd come from Florida to Philadelphia. <laughs> Normally, it's the other way around. But uh, you can go ahead and hear me uh, on the radio at ninety seven five The Fanatic here as well. Stunning. Guys, that has been uh, a very fun Monday episode, a preview episode of this uh, Marlins Phillies series. Uh, thanks for making Locked On Marlins or Locked On Phillies your first listen of the day. Uh, if, for your second listen, feel free to check out Locked On Fantasy Baseball. Uh, you can win your league by listening to Matt and Dom every day as they bring you the best fantasy draft strategies. Uh, you can find Locked On Fantasy Baseball wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube, of course, uh, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, if your team every day. All right, guys, uh, thanks for joining us today. Uh, good luck to the Phillies. Uh, good luck to Connor for this uh, for the next couple of days. Looking forward to Sandy Alcantara going for the Marlins on Monday. Of course, I'll be back on Tuesday. Uh, Sean Barrett's in the house, the UK GOAT, as we uh, recap on the, on the start from Game 1 and equally look ahead to the next couple. We'll see you then, guys.